thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. You are joining us for another episode of Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And thank you so much for sharing this uh, 30 minutes with us today. We are certainly going to talk about something very grassroots and core. And, you know, I guess the for both of us, this is like bread and butter stuff. We absolutely love talking about uh, the women raging about different things that have been coming across our news feeds and stuff. And it's like, what the heck? You can't say that. Why are they teaching? How can they do that? And so uh-huh. this, like, I was like, this, uh, this little bit of uh, <laughs> rage is coming through in both of us. And we're like, right, we're going to record on this one today because uh, we certainly know know that the more you understand about your body and the, your natural cycles and, you know, when things are right, going well, when things are going not so well, understanding what that means and obviously some of the things you can do. So lovely, Andrea. Thank you for uh, coming through in your hot favourite topic today because uh, as you can probably hear, ladies, I sound bad and I probably look as bad as I feel. So, Oh, you definitely <laughs> don't. No, we're on video. She does not look bad, I promise. <laughs> uh, I've just got uh, an immune expression, a little bit of a head cold going on thanks to uh, exposure to lots and lots of people every day at work and eventually someone uh, coughs and sneezes in your direction and when you're a little run down, guess what? The body says, hello, thank you. Time to have a little lay down and, uh, and recovery time. So... I love how this just happens on, uh, you know, public holidays or a long weekend that we've got planned. I'm like, how is that? My first five days off in how long? And I'm, I'm going to be uh, sniffling on tissues. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you definitely don't sound your normal, vibrant, uh, super healthy self, but you look exactly the same. So don't worry. That's okay. <laughs> you know what? And it doesn't matter. This is life. We all need to have these immune uh, stress points so that our body yeah. gets stronger, better and clears out the gunk. So uh, I'm not, not absolutely not uh, annoyed about that at all. I just hope that I cannot share it with my family. That would be lovely. Then uh, mums with sick babies know what it feels like when you've got yourself unwell and someone else is unwell in the house too. Not so fun. But anyway, we want to talk about the pills, the periods, the, the rubbish that's on the media at the moment. And the thing that got us going on this topic was something that um, Andrea came across this week and you know straight away sent a message to me it was like a, a WTF <laughs> what is this crap literally I think that's exactly what you said and um, it was actually and we didn't almost were going to say like, no let's not call it out because then people will go there and it'll drive traffic to their site and you know we don't want to promote what they're talking about because it's rubbish but um, essentially it's a, a site that came across through Instagram feeds and we're like what is this it sounds interesting because it's all you know catchphrases like Instagram inspired by women and then the big you know catchphrase there is take a break from red and we looked more into that and Andrea what did we find (laughs) so what we're alluding to is there is a website called take a break from red and their hashtag is hashtag take a break from red and what they're essentially saying is that you should skip your period that this is a great thing for you to do that women don't need to have periods and that there's very easy ways you can do that by taking the oral contraceptive pill continuously instead of taking the placebo pills. So essentially to not have a period at all during that time. And this website is masked under the guise of being this women's liberation movement. And, you know, there's posts all over there, like, you know, beautiful Instagram looking pictures. Oh, it pictures, looks so good. Like, it's so funky and um, trendy. I, I thought, oh. by women and self-love and truth and, you know, all of these facts and figures about how inconvenient having a period is and how painful it is and how 
you know, all these stats like 21% of women say this and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. And then when you look a little bit deeper, this website and this movement is run by Tiva Pharmaceuticals. Uh, so, you know, I, I didn't know if we should be naming and shaming, but I think that it's important to actually understand that there is a very strong vested interest behind this BS movement. Uh, I was absolutely livid when I saw that. Um, and that information is very readily available as well. And it's not surprising that Tiva Pharmaceuticals are also a massive manufacturer of the oral contraceptive pill and for hormonal contraception. So, this is not some movement that's been put up there by some well-minding women. This is a pharmaceutical company trying to push their product and stating all sorts of claims that may or may not be true. I was uh, pretty incensed by it. Um, you should have seen the email that I sent Ashley. It was pretty funny. <laughs> and it was. And I think this, you know, this is a perfect example of how many uh, – sites are out there and how many education platforms are out there that are pushing agendas and of course we have an agenda we're pushing i mean there's no no surprises that we have a view on natural holistic health and of course we're pushing that agenda but we do our very best to bring both sides of the equation to show you both sides of the coin so you can make informed choices but we find that with things like this um it kind of gets a roll on and they and they directly say on the site ask your doctor about take a break from red as if it's like the new thing it's really cool and all doctors should know about women, you know, using the pill for sustained um, elimination of their cycles. And I just think it's frustrating because imagine if we could use these platforms for the benefit of helping women understand. And look, we understand, we totally, I mean, we're women, we've all had our dramas. Um, both of us have, you know, our journeys and our stories to share. And that's something that, you know, you probably would have heard in other episodes. And we totally get it. Women are suffering. We totally get that, you know, women are experiencing all these side effects and, and, I guess, painful experiences, you know, cramping, heavy bleeding, endometriosis, fibroids, all of these life affecting, quality of life affecting experiences. Mm -hmm. But instead of saying, why are they happening? They're saying, don't worry, take a pill. And I think that's where the frustration lies. We absolutely empathize and sympathize with all women experiencing hardship through their cycles. But the better question to ask is, why is this happening? What is my body trying to tell me? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And women are not men. You know, we are, one of my favorite sayings is we are absolutely equal, but we are different. So just because men don't have the fluctuations of hormones like we do every month, and just because they don't have um, the period report card that we get every month, does not mean that uh, we are not equal to them. But it also means that we need to work a little bit differently, that our body is certainly different and that the signs and symptoms that our body is giving us, we have the luxury of actually understanding that and interpreting that and then making adjustments accordingly. So men do not get this monthly <laughs> report card, like I, I like to call it, of how well their health is tracking each month of how well their stress levels are going each month. And your period is a direct correlation for what the health of your body is like, but also what, how well you manage your stress levels, um, you know, what your uh, diet and your nutrients and your minerals and all sorts of things like that are working, what your elimination pathways are, are doing. So men do not have these signals. They also do not have that same inborn wisdom that we have that fluctuates throughout the month. Uh, that is one of our very powerful um, little uh, tools, I guess, or secret secret powers, I guess you could say. Um, so we're pretty fortunate that we actually do have this. And 
I was just incensed by the fact that for financial gain, that there's this movement of let's just stop that. So irrespective of, you know, whether or not you're in debilitating pain or whether or not it's just an inconvenience, just take a break from red. And I've certainly had lots of patients who've come in saying, oh, you know, I'm going on holidays and that would be really inconvenient to have my period while I'm on holidays and all sorts of things like that. So, you know, I, I understand it. And there are certainly mechanisms where you can you know, stop your period or if you're doing it with the oral contraceptive pill or the, any kind of hormonal contraception, it's called menstrual suppression. So when you're skipping those placebo pills, because it's not actually a, a real period that you're having while you're on hormonal contraceptives, it's a hormone withdrawal bleed. And I think that's really important for people to understand. And there may or may not be, you know, peer-reviewed scientific research that shows that actually having a hormone withdrawal bleed on the pills is beneficial or detrimental to your body. I think the jury is still out on that at the moment. But I think the bigger question here is why women are wanting to do this in the first place, why they feel like they need to stop or halt or go through that menstrual suppression. So that's what we want to talk about today. And that's a, you know, a very long roundabout way of getting to, to what the point of today's episode is, that these signs and signals that your body is giving you is showing you that something is not right. And all of those things that you mentioned, Ash, like the debilitating pain, the endometriosis, the fibroid growth, the polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, maybe the irregular bleeding, these are all signs and symptoms that things are not right. And we're going to help you to try and decode some of these today by going over some of the biggest symptoms, what that usually means for you hormonally, and what kind of further testing that you might want to do too. Love it. So let's talk about what a natural, when I say inverted commas here, normal menstrual cycle would and could look like for women. Um, understanding that there's very slight variations amongst everybody. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like, you know, the uh, concept that um, a pregnancy is 40 weeks long. We know that there's a, a window of a month in which it's still a normal pregnancy um, yeah. in terms of the, the due dates. And I hate using due dates. I always say due month, which, which, you know, which window are we talking about here? That takes a lot of the pressure off, doesn't it, when you say due month? And I love how in uh, lots of uh, tribal communities, they would, the same with pregnancy and the same as what it is uh, with menstruation is when they thought you conceived, they would count 10 moons. And, and that would be around the time that they thought that your due date or your, um, you know, the baby was expected. So I love that. It's like 10 moons yeah. um, and just similar with the period as well. So usually, and definitely in ancient times, women would menstruate and ovulate with the full and new moon. So that would be about the length of what a period should be. And I say should in inverted commas. So I, and I'm fairly strict on this, whereas a lot of uh, other doctors might say a normal period is anywhere from 21 days to 35 or 36 days. And I absolutely disagree. I think a normal period is approximately 28 to 29 days. Yeah. Any shorter than 25 days, as far as I'm concerned, is typically a progesterone deficiency. Mm -hmm. Any longer than sort of 30-ish days then we're possibly getting into that territory of um, maybe excess androgens or excess estrogen, um, maybe going into the insulin resistance with polycystic ovarian syndrome, those sorts of things. So we want this cycle to be around 28 to 29 days ideally. Um, with ovulation happening 
you know, good ovulatory changes happening around the middle of that. Usually for most women, it's about day 16 to 17. And so the timing that you have in each of those phases of the cycle, so at the start of the cycle and the end of the cycle, should be about a minimum of 11 to 14 days. And that's how we get to the, like, you know, total period of about 28 days. So, Andrew, can you describe for us exactly what a woman's menstrual cycle looks like? You know, we, we've seen that, that yep. curve. We understand that there's a curve that happens and, you know, hormones switch on and hormones switch off. And, you know, for a lot of us, we get the idea of it because we can feel some changes going on in our body. But I'd love you to explain for all of our ladies listening what a cycle is, yep. what hormones are involved, the transition and how yep. that symphony works. Because I think if we can teach our girls in the simplest terms possible what's actually happening, you know, as mothers, as sisters, as aunties, if we can teach young ladies that a normal cycle looks like this, then it's going to help them understand their bodies better. And maybe that's where these stupid campaigns like Take a Break from Red won't get traction because it'll come from the attention of, you know, younger women going, hey, guess what? That's normal, babe. Don't worry about it. As opposed to this idea of, oh, don't worry, just get the pill. And I think we need that language to change amongst, you know, some of the younger ladies to help our, you know, our society, our women move forward, you know, in the long term. And I think that's where I see this is some of the quest we have is how do we help you? Well, let's help the ones that want to listen um, and teach the ones that haven't been taught yet. Awesome. Oh, I love that. Okay. So now uh, this is me saying a normal period. Okay. So a normal period um, will start with usually about five days of bleeding. Now it should start with fresh red blood. There shouldn't be any uh, spotting or dark stagnant blood. It should be heavier for a few days and then essentially taper off to nothing. Um, Now that first phase of your cycle, which is from day one of your period through to the point of ovulation, is called the follicular phase of your cycle. Um, and I like to think of this as like the proliferative phase. So this is essentially when everything is growing. So this is when we are um, enriching or growing that uterine lining under the influence of estrogen. This is when the ovary, or sorry, the egg is maturing in the ovary for its release once we get to that point of ovulation. So what's happening hormonally during that follicular phase is your estrogen is starting to peak and it peaks just before ovulation and if you've listened to any of the podcasts before estrogen is um if you think of it it's the hormone that gives us that makes us women so it gives us our womanly shape um develops our hips our butt our boobs makes our skin nice and plump and tight really important for our bone health our immune health and our brain as well And it peaks right before ovulation. So when we ovulate, the egg is released from the ovary. There's also some things that happen in our brain as well. So our luteinizing hormone and follicular stimulating hormone are released from the anterior anterior pituitary gland. So right at the front of our our little brain there. And that's what's then signaling down to the ovary to release that egg. So the egg is released from the ovary, floats along the fallopian tube, hangs out there for a little while. Um, And then our hormones do a big swing. So instead of um, estrogen peaking, it then starts to dovetail or starts to decrease as we enter the luteal phase. And during the luteal phase, um, your follicular stimulating hormone and your luteinizing hormone both decrease because they've done their job. So they're not active anymore. And then progesterone starts to peak. Uh, And progesterone is, this is one of my favorite sayings, is that it's like nature's Valium. 
So this is a neuroendocrine hormone that uh, interacts with GABA receptors in our brain to keep us really calm and level-headed. Uh, and, you know, this is usually when life is supposed to be pretty good under the influence of progesterone. It keeps our body fluid levels in check. And one of the roles that it actually has um, in terms of fertility is if you can imagine that estrogen builds the uterine lining, and then progesterone goes and anchors it in there and makes sure that it's really nutrient dense so that if conception was to occur, it really allows that to implant um, or that little developing embryo to implant into a really nutrient dense blood filled endometrial lining. And then as we get to uh, back to the point of our period again, progesterone starts to decrease and then we have a resurgence of estrogen again. So essentially that's the hormonal changes that happen throughout that cycle and what that will you know, effectively feel like or look like is in the follicular phase when estrogen is highest and around that time of ovulation, this is when we should be feeling pretty energetic. This is when we shouldn't be having any symptoms or pain or anything like that. Occasionally, people will have uh, some ovulatory pain, so where they'll actually feel the release of the egg or a bit of a dragging, sharp pain across the ovary. Uh, usually, I would recommend a really potent, high-quality magnesium if you are uh, getting those sorts of things because it can be a bit of a magnesium deficiency. I'd also be looking at your estrogen and progesterone ratios too if that's the case. Um, and particularly around that time of ovulation, this is when women are the most empathetic, the most articulate, the most energetic. Um, our fine motor skills are the best. Uh, this is when we should be, you know, signing contracts and, um, you know, making really important life decisions and uh, maybe um, negotiating and those sorts of things. This is when that is going to be the best time for us and obviously baby making if that's what you choose to do. So these are all the things that happen around that, um, around that ovulatory time. Yes. 25% growth synaptic connections in your hippocampus, part of the brain, which controls functions like your short-term memory and decision-making. So that's yeah. why, you know, the sharpness is there. And it's, I remember um, at uni, sometimes we would smile when our cycles synced in with things like our presentations so yeah. it'd be like perfect timing if it was just before you ovulated you've got this you know oral presentation you had to give a, a, a presentation and just so sharp clear and articulate it's just like wow this is just flowing this is amazing so maybe i'll explain why some of our episodes are super super sharp and articulate and others are a bit like fluffy because we're laughing maybe that was a different side of the cycle <laughs> oh man and i i'm always trying to schedule my secret women's business workshops and those sorts of things around that ovulatory time for me because i just know that it just flows so much easier whereas if it's around um when i like right before menstruation i just just can't string sentences together yeah. as well and as clearly and i mean once you get into the flow it's a little bit easier but i just seem to be just a little bit more inarticulate and retarded around that time and <laughs> oh, it's dear. normal it's absolutely normal because yeah. this is how powerful your hormonal system is throughout the month um, and this is also why if you've listened to the episodes that we did about um, the menstruation myths, that if you can look at your cycle on a month-to-month -month basis 
and look at your calendars on a month-to-month basis. It also means that if you can schedule according to your cycle, my God, life is going to be so much easier. Um, just like what we, we're trying to do with workshops and presentations and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, you can. It's almost like how to hack your cycle to make life easier. And when it comes to the dating game, that's also really important because if you go out and about, you know, hit the town when uh, you're at that peak, it's amazing that uh, this pheromone thing that, you know, we often hear about, we think, oh, yeah, what does that mean? We all wear perfume, so how can that be a real deal? But, um, yeah, they prove that the brain's chemistry is more attuned to pheromones, so we're yep. more likely to pick up on the chemical sense with, you know, appropriate uh, connections and finding your best mate becomes an easier job because you're actually going to pick up on the pheromones, so there's going to be more of a chemical connection there, which is so interesting. So you I mean, be like a um, just a female magnet. So it, it's like if you ever seen those, uh, like a slide where there's an egg with a sperm, um, mm. and the sperm is all traveling in one direction towards the egg, laser focused, right? It knows exactly where it's going and what it has to do. That's what I think about when I think of a woman in a bar around the time she's ovulating, and the men how they flock to her. Yeah. Um, because it's like, and that's what that female magnetism is. It's that like centrifugal, centrifugal force. It's that drawing in. So we draw men to us um, around that that ovulatory time. And there's certainly research um, that very clearly supports that. And they've um, shown statistics in, uh, you know, strippers and, and that sort of profession where they are so much more in tune with their clients and get more tips around ovulatory time. And so they're using their female magnetism to their advantage, which I love. Now, <laughs> women on the pill or women mm. taking hormonal contraceptives, this doesn't work. Their pheromones completely change. Um, you're not ovulating. So these things aren't happening. <gasps> There we go. Like, boom, that's a light bulb moment right there, isn't it? For a lot of women wondering why, you know, they're struggling with mental, emotional health, relationships, concerns. There can be a lot to do with just our natural biology and our natural chemistry. And altering that can have consequences that we may never even have thought about. Um, So, you know, that is a a natural cycle. That's what we'd love to see, you know, biochemically. That's that symphony of hormones coming, you know, switching on and transitioning and reducing. And, you know, that's something that we need to understand is um, a great gift you know it's a great yeah. gift that we as women have the opportunity to experience this and I know anyone who's suffering says there is no damn gift in that because I'm I'm in, yes. in pain I'm suffering this you know I hate my periods I hate my cycles I wish I didn't have to have them and it's that vulnerability and that desire to change your your state is what is the biggest draw card right now for women changing it chemically through pharmaceuticals yeah. such as the oral contraceptive pill and we get it. Um, however, I just think, you know, if we understood a little bit more about all of this, we might fight a little harder, a little longer to figure out the problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, for example, women with endometriosis, like very deep, debilitating, life-altering condition. Um, and there's all sorts of statistics that run around, like, you know, they, they don't really know what causes it. There's a few theories, and we've gone over some of those in the podcast episode that we actually did about endometriosis. However, we also know that there's a very strong hormonal component that goes with that. We also know that it's an estrogen-dominant condition. So, Usually with women with endometriosis, their estrogen hormones, in particular E1 and E2, will be off the charts. Oh, nice one. Let's let's talk into that because I think that's something that um, we want to lead into was this idea. We have a sort of saying that says, test, don't guess. Yeah. 
And that basically says that you know, when your hormones are out of whack, when your cycles are not in sync, when you feel as though there's something wrong um, leading you to seek support, advice, guidance, then the most important thing you can do is to test rather than guess what's going on. And mm-hmm. so we're going to run through now uh, some of the key important tests that give you information about your cycle, about the hormonal chemistry imbalances that may be causing the problems. And then, yep. of course, you know, we've talked in other episodes about the, what you can do about this. But today we just really want to summarize what the cycle is, what you can test for to find out what's happening. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, and a lot of the time we can almost diagnose off symptoms. Yes. Uh, however, when it comes to like things like endometriosis or polycystic ovarian syndrome or whatever it might be, it is so useful actually having tests and markers so that you can address accordingly. Um, now, there's a few different options. So it may be that you're doing serum hormones or blood tests. It might be salivary hormones, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, it could be urine uh, analysis as well, so doing like a 24-hour um, urine or like a, a dried spot urine as well, and we'll talk about the differences of that and what you're actually going to use that for as well. Uh, and then the other thing is actually um, medical imaging, so actually uh, using um, ultrasound or um, CT scans or MRIs to actually have a look at the reflex productive organs and see what's going on there. So in general, I use a lot of salivary hormones. Um, so I will usually take a, um, a saliva sample from patients on day 21 of their cycle or about seven days post ovulation um, because I want to be seeing that gives me a really good picture as to what's going on with progesterone. So progesterone should be peaking around that time. Um, but it also will show me what's happening with the three estrogens, so E1, 2, and 3, which should be um, not as active around that time. It'll also tell me what's happening with DHEA and testosterone as well. Um, now, this is a really accurate way of testing in particular the progesterone and the estrogen and their ratios for cycling women. Okay, if you're on the pill or if you've just come off, it's going to mess with things. So we've got to use other methods for that. Or if you're perimenopausal or menopausal, then um, doing serum hormones or blood tests or maybe um, the urine analysis might be a better option. So the reason we would choose salivary hormones around that time is because saliva shows us what the free hormones are doing. So the ones that aren't already bound to proteins. And so that will kind of let you see excess or deficiencies as well. Um, so that's why we do that and it must be taken first thing in the morning um, and you obviously need to know how to interpret those results because the test is only as good as um, you know the interpretation of the meaningfulness of actually what the results mean Um, you can certainly do serum hormones or blood tests which you can do through you know any GP as well or any doctor Um, and I will definitely look at these for women who are trying to conceive. So usually we'll do a blood test on day three of their cycle to see what their follicular stimulating hormones are doing. And then we'll also do it again on day 21. So again, just to have a bit of a baseline of what your FSH, your luteinizing hormone, um, progesterone and estrogen are doing. It's not the most accurate way of doing those hormones on day 21, but it gives you a bit of a guide. Um Blood tests are very accurate, however, for your androgen hormones. So your total testosterone, your free testosterone, your sex hormone, your binding globulin, um, and your DHA, those sorts of things are very accurate on blood tests. So usually if I'm thinking that a woman might be in, have that uh, androgen dominant kind of 
picture. So if we're thinking maybe PCOS, then we'll usually do bloods. And the other things that I'd include in those would definitely be looking at the insulin um, levels as well and all the other blood sugar markers too, just to see if they do have some insulin resistance going on. Uh, so that's uh, testosterone. Whereas if a woman is maybe not cycling, is having really irregular periods, um, or maybe, uh, is in menopause, then we'd more likely do like a urine analysis or a urine test, because that's how we're looking at the metabolites of estrogen and the metabolites of those hormones. Uh, so if I say get a salivary hormone test back that has all of the estrogens are off the charts, then I might do some further testing to say, okay, how is that body actually detoxifying these estrogens? How is the body getting rid of them? And is it actually doing that effectively? So that's when I might look at a urine test instead to actually see how the body's excreting things and, and the metabolites of that. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's um, when we know what we can test for and what those tests will mean, aligning yourself with someone who can then interpret them and turn yes. that into practical guidance and advice in terms of you know lifestyle changes, dietary changes, um, things that are going to make actual you know long term effect and change in your hormone chemistry and balance. Mm-hmm. That's powerful, yeah. and that's worth fighting for. And that's what I was saying about you know when it came to, for example, if it comes to something like fertility, being able to have a child, um, we don't give up on that process after three or four cycles or attempts and decide okay we can't have children, so we're just going to go and adopt. You know, yeah. we, we go into a, a cycle of going, okay, well, what's going on? So we do that when it's something so critical, like this idea of having a child, but we don't do it when it comes to something really important, which is our regular fertility, you know, our daily health record that you mentioned, yeah. you know, that report yeah. card. And instead we dumb that down and we, we dismiss that as unimportant, but we only want our cycle to be important when it matters to us. Imagine if we made it valuable to us all the time. Yeah, and actually that's so true. I think you've really like nailed that. Um, can I also say that for women who are trying to conceive if they're struggling, there's absolutely different testing that we would do for that. Yes. Uh, and we could do actually like a 28-day cycle um, salivary test. So essentially we would be taking a saliva hormone sample every three days. Um, we'd be looking at, like I said, your day three FSH and we'd look at AMH levels as well to see what the ovarian reserve was doing. We might look at MTHFR just to see if there was an increased risk for miscarriage ages um, and those sorts of things but obviously we'd be looking at the full hormonal panel too Um, so that gets a little bit more complicated uh, but that's kind of a, a bit of a baseline of what you'd look for Excellent. Well, I think that's a good wrap of, you know, what we wanted to talk about today, which is talking about, you know, what a natural cycle is and looks like, what's actually happening, and of course, what tests you can do. Now, ladies, I think the most important thing you take from this today is that when it comes to our fertility and our health and our well-being and our sense of being a woman, it's always your choice. It's always your choice mm-hmm. what you do and how you control that experience. Um, we just really want you to have uh, an informed choice basis so that if you choose to go on the contraceptive pill, you know exactly what that means. Any sort of consequences, side effects are absolutely you know your responsibility because you understand it. Um, we don't want ever to be in the position that women like myself had experienced where you're completely disempowered because of the fact that you aren't told enough, there's not a state of informed consent. So you're doing what you think is best, not realizing it's absolutely not the best if you were to make other choices, you would. And I think that's the one big regret that I had, you know, looking backwards is I wish I knew more because I wouldn't have done what I did. Um, I certainly would have done it, would not have done it the same way. So hopefully today this has given you a few questions, a few ideas, maybe, you know, a few areas to look further into 
Um, but as always, if you need help from us, get online, shoot us a text or an email, um, get in touch with us in some way and let us help connect you with the people you need to talk to. And obviously there's many ways you can work with us um, and work through our connections and colleagues. There's so many wonderful people we have contact with across Australia and also around the world. So don't hesitate if you're really stuck and struggling and you just don't seem to have found the fit for you. Let us know and let's see if we can help you. Yeah, beautiful. So, ladies, we hope that you have uh, found this episode informative. Please don't flock to the Take a Break from Red website. We don't want to increase their traffic. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, we would love you to take a moment, though, just to um, make sure you're opening your podcast app, make sure you've subscribed um, and that you've given us a five-star rating because we love those. Thank you so much to all of you and your amazing feedback. Uh, make sure you communicate with us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women. We're on Instagram uh, at The Wellness Women we love hearing from all of you we love your questions so please keep it up um, like Ash said you can consult with us if you need um, our email address is info at thewellnesswomen.com.au ladies until next week be well this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter The Wellness Couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.